Hi, this is Lori Jean Finella, singer and songwriter coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I hope that your week has been wonderful. It is the end of the week here today. It's already Thursday, January 5th, and I'm getting this podcast out to you. So you'll have it over the weekend. And I felt very creative this week, apparently, when I was stuck in the mud trying to pick up a song that I felt I would promisingly write for you for this week, trying to get a new song every week, which I know I don't always do anymore because I'm working on my rock EP album, which I've been sharing with you. And somehow, though, I I forced myself and it wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. And as I've told you guys before, when you're stuck or just learning how to write a song, uh, the way to do it, the way I do it anyway, so that's this is how I got Blushing Rosette, believe it or not. It sounds a little bit more like a poem, but I don't know, maybe song is poetry. But So I actually started out with a few words. Um, I started out with the word rose. Now that could be from Rebecca Campbell, who loves the rose. She's a light worker. I love her. Or uh, my great-great-grandmother, Rose, uh, who was a very uh, respected, loving, beautiful woman in our family. She was French. And, um, and so from Rose, of course, uh, listening to Rebecca so much talk, I wrote down beauty. Um, I don't know if I wrote down stillness or just still, uh, waiting, magic, miracles. She really feels the roses, all of this. And I thought, I was really trying to take in a lot of things that I, I listened to throughout the week. And if you're stuck, it's really, really good to go listen to other outlets. Of course, everything's online now. If you're not online, then I mean, you can't get anything anymore because that's just how information is delivered. So if I'm not watching YouTube channels, I'm listening to podcasts and I listen to a lot of inspirational stuff, um, motivational speakers that I, I find interesting. I switch them up a lot. Um, I went to the library this week and I looked at motivation and I was able to pick up an audible uh, recording of a book that's a motivational book and I got some things out of there it's it's really um, weird how you don't really know where it's gonna come from out of that whole audible book that I probably listened to for four hours or maybe it was four or five chapters I'm sorry uh, there was one thing that stuck with me and it was um, one thing this woman talked about and um, it was something about the Holocaust in that uh, I don't know how she got this information. She must have researched it, so I don't. I don't really have to look up and credit it to her. She got it from somewhere else, but from a very, very long time ago, archived. It's. She found that these people that were um, being held in the Holocaust, some of them, they would uh, make up recipes because they were so hungry. So they'd make up recipes in their mind and share them. I don't know how they were, would write them down because it seemed like seems like they didn't have anything at all I don't I can't imagine they would be given a pen and or pencil and paper back then but what kept them going is the fact that in their mind they believed that there was um, I, I would think I would take in the taste of the food like a lot of people when they're starving I know they'll imagine the food and they'll imagine tasting it but them actually writing down these recipes and sharing them kept them going and they felt possibly even kept them alive uh, with everything they went to through the ones that survived so I found that really interesting um, 
as a factor uh, in motivation where when we're so stuck um, in order to reach into that empty place to um, well geez I don't know write it down I guess everybody says to write things down that I listen to with motivational speaking and well actually except Rebecca well Re- Rebecca does write things down but as far as making solid plans as to let's say I want I want to go ahead and just do this and I'm going to write it down and do it and I'm going to get back to that one if I remember because I, I, I found a point on that this week in my mind that I thought was important to mention um, but she she like connects with the flowers which okay someone might laugh at that I think that's really interesting flowers are beautiful but um, I understand her connection with nature because um, I, I like to sit in solitude and open up to the universe and, and see what comes to me as to which way I want to go and she her she does that too but her strongest thing at least right now is connecting with the flowers and her favorite flower is the rose so that's where she goes to find out what she should be doing versus gee I, feel, I think I in my mind it's coming to me that I want to do this and another thing that I found is that a lot of motivational speakers will say don't just dream it or think about it do it but I think the problem sometimes with that is with a lot of people and 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 these people who speak for people talent you know trying to instruct them um, I don't know if they've ever gone in this direction to to understand why so many people don't do things that they want to do and don't take these steps and advice because I'm one of these people I will actually push myself past a place of unbelievable comfort and um, a lot of people don't like to do that I don't like to do it all the time but most of the time because I'm healing from injuries and you know my brain is just really struggling because it's been injured and my body's been injured um, I really don't have a choice in order to function that way but at the same time I could see how someone can't just take that move and do it because as we've been told by some people you have to see it before you do it and if you haven't done it before you can't see it because you don't have anything to compare it to. Now you can compare it to somebody else, but when it's coming from you, um, at least what I'm getting is something completely different. So as I'm actually like fighting to do that next step, I can't even picture it because how would I know if it's like if I haven't done it before? So um, I'm kind of walking this completely uncomfortable ground, stumbling, uh, maybe getting close to something that I might have wanted to try to do starting out with but of course it's going to be a complete mess which people will tell you to do it even if it's a complete mess but I'm talking a mess where it's completely um, incomparable I mean you can't I mean you can't even make heads or tail out of it and people are scared of this and I was doing that a lot when I first got my brain injury just trying to get to myself again and I know a lot of places I look like an idiot I remember one place I was temping for when I got out of the corporate world and was just doing silly data stuff um, because nobody would take me anymore because my brain was injured then from the anesthesia in 1990. But I was just, I so badly wanted to, to reach that spot inside my brain that I knew, uh, still now I suppose, what, 30 something years later, 30 years later, is waiting or was waiting for me to reach it. 
So I was just typing on the keyboard and they even came in and caught me and I was all over the place. I mean, a woman who was typing about 70 words a minute and working in the corporate world and you have to be able to type at least that fast and sometimes it has nothing to do with what your brain is needed to do the job, but it's just, you have to be able to move too. Well, let me tell you, I, I probably was, I'm sure I didn't get one word out of that. And I just kept, I didn't want, I didn't want to lose momentum and they just, their mouth was completely dropped and they were thinking this woman is lunatic in here. And I just was like, I let that go. No, I don't know if that helped me out today in my life at all or not, but let me tell you, I didn't last at that job probably for another day. And I, I knew that they were doing that, looking at me, but I just so badly was grasping on. Now, I suppose if, I know I'm exaggerating at that place in my life that I was at, but I suppose that if, if we're, we're in the same spot trying to do something that we're completely unfamiliar with, that it's gonna look that bad too. And people make fun of you. And um, Lord knows what else we do to people. So it's, it's, I can completely understand. But lately I have been pushing past that uncomfortable spot and it's, it's very, very almost physically um, like disturbing to me and my body trying to go into an area of um, something that I know absolutely nothing about and moving my body and mind to it because um, I mean I don't know how I'm going to react at the other end because I haven't been there I don't necessarily know these steps of setting it up because I've never done it so um, I think that's why people don't do all these these things that these motivational people want them to do and and I feel like these people are being blamed for not taking the steps. And I think it's, they just can't take the steps. So I think if we can somehow work in a way, like, like I'm giving you a little bit of steps on, let's say, well, let's say if writing is the most important thing. I mean, you know, I was taught when I was uh, in the worst place of abuse about 10 or 11 years ago, when I was at a shelter, a wonderful woman, the only help we got there, they shut everything down when I went in, which okay let's not theorize my situation but she came in and I don't remember the name of the place but out here in Portland um, book around write around or she's been to prisons and uh, shelters and all kinds of places and they would publish a poem for women who have been abused and I think even other people who were in a, a bad situation there maybe they were homeless and for other reasons but mostly it was supposed to be an abuse shelter but she um, would use pictures to so we could get words to come to our mind. And that's how we came about to uh, writing our poem. And I thought that was really interesting. Not that I hadn't been writing at that point, but it, I really was taken by it. And I suppose it can be, that could be helpful too if you want to start out with a picture. If you can't even get a word to your mind. And I completely understand that. I mean, I even have to push some days to get words, but the words I used to start out this song was, um, I think I said, rose, miracles, and I'll give you an example of still beauty. Um, let me just start with those four. I'll give you an example of how, how I turn these words around. So if you go to thesaurus.com, the first part word I put in was rose. Oh, that's where I got the word blush. I thought, oh, oh my gosh, I love that. I love the color blush. Um, when we were raised, and as I get more into the song, you'll be able to tell where I'm coming from. It was such a beautiful thing for a woman to be like blushing and 
um, that little bit of shyness. Um, so, I mean, Rose, they're doing the color here, but I mean, there's so many other, um, I think I even pushed blush. Let me see what I got here. Blush, color, glowing. No, I didn't. I just knew I wanted that word. So I did blush, blush rose. And I said, blushing rose. Oh my gosh, I love that. Then I thought, blushing Rosette. I mean, I'm French. Uh, a lot of the names in our line on the French side is always et, E-T-T-E. Marguerite and, uh, oh gosh, can't think of the other ones. There's always seem to be E-T-T-E. We're, we're going back to like the 14th, 15th century, but when our king and queen and our family dropped out. Okay, I'm not gonna say a word. So, I got, that's how I got Blushing, believe it or not. And, and Blushing Rosette, isn't that a beautiful title? I mean, it took me a while to come around to the title. First I had Blush and then, uh, no, I knew Rosette right away, Blush Rosette. And then I said, let me leave that alone. And like, don't worry about it if you're not done with, I can feel in my mind, okay, I'm not done with that, but that's okay. I've got the creativity flow and let's go to the next word. So then I went to Miracles. Marvel, Phenomenon, Rarity, Revelation, Surprise, Prodigy. Okay, I gotta try to remember what I got out of Miracles. I was trying to do, 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 do Miracles. Okay. I think, oh, Magic. I ended up using the word Magic. Um, actually, oh, I ended up getting the chorus out of that. Now, the chorus can be really tough. I got, I'm sitting waiting for magic I'm told will come to me you blushing rosette and, oh I love that so and still I use the word still now I'm sorry things don't come to you that easy but um don't be tough on yourself because believe me just this last year I seem to be having it all come to me I think if you just stay with it I mean most things it seems to take two or three years before you really hit it now still still or stillness um doesn't look like I used. Uh, let's see. Okay, let me go to the first verse and see if there's if this is gonna ring a bell. Rose miracles and still. Okay, so blushing was it? I was taught to perk up my back like the old ones behind me. Now we always had to look at the old people in the church behind us. Now of course they're old to me. I was what two years old, and um, sit still. My mother would say, look who's behind you, sit still. And there'd always be older people behind and they would laugh because I wasn't going to move, you know, I didn't want to be other by, by them. Like the old ones behind me to get respect. Then they'd be nice to, you know, you sat still. Turn my head, put my nose up in the air. I don't know why, but always told to put my nose up in the air. Okay, plump skirts, flowered hats, nail polish, tights, it all just came to me. Vaseline patent leather shoes for Saturday night church. Close your eyes and ears to the neighbor's affairs. Okay, now that's me, you know, that's why I would get punished all the time because that's the kind of wit I would come up with. But um, that, that just came to me once church came in. And then of course I'm sitting waiting for magic. I'm told will come to me blushing rosette. Now I believe that beauty was blushing rosette too. That's probably, let me look up beauty. That's probably where I got some of this. Let me see if I remember what beauty came from. Oh, allure. I got the word allure in here with beauty, which is, let me go to, oh, that will be the last verse. Let me go to the next. Next verse, I made a bridge out of the ordinary in the third verse. 
Is that the third verse? No, I'm sorry, the second verse. I don't know why I just did. I made a long first verse, which a lot of people do in songs, and then I made a bridge in an unordinary place. But I may be French, but I tell you, there is nothing to bashful. Uh, bashful, I got out of. I think I got bashful out of blush, maybe. Let me see here. Now, oh, beauty. I used beauty. Uh, and see, now that that brings you around to many years ago, where um, being bashful is beautiful. But I can't see it in here. I'm back to allure. I wish I could tell you how I got. Uh, oh, maybe blush. Any glowing tint. Okay, let me go back to that. I'm bashful. I can't figure out how I got bashful. Hmm, maybe I typed up shy. Why I have to try so hard to masquerade, I don't know. Masquerade was another word I came up with. Um, and I just, uh, I, sh I should have put in parentheses the words I used. Uh, why I have to try so hard? Oh, to camouflage. I'm like camouflage, oh, that's really good, you know? So camouflage, how to camouflage the beautiful, like, you know, the masquerade balls we have years ago and all that royal time, that word came up on the camouflage. Isn't that beautiful? And I'm so used to these words being French and being in that line of people that they would come out and use these words. Not all the time, but I mean, I just, I feel comfortable with them. So, and I apologize for the bashful thing. Okay, the bridge, the cold, chewy fruitcake at Holiday. So that was at my aunt's side of the house where we would get, we loved going there at Christmas. And no matter what time it was, even if it was late, my father would drag us over there. They were the funnest house to visit. And uh, of course, they were already partying all night long. So the fruitcakes were hard. My aunt's side would offer me some. And I thought, oh my God, so disgusting. I mean, you could break your teeth on them. And then the still leftover salty snacks. We'd get the snacks they had picked over all night long. And in a smoke-filled room, which they'd be next door now laughing their heads off, just having the time of their lives, left over from the adults. Now, I thought that was really cool verse to put in there. And between that one and the plumped-up skirts, um, I mean, this is all stuff I grew up around. And then, of course, the chorus, I'm sitting waiting for magic. I'm told, come to me, you blushing rosette. And then here's where the allure comes in. The allure in all of this now. Oh, a blush. I got alert from blush. And I just, okay, the alert in all this. My sweet smiles turned to dirty pants with mud, a fishing pole with slime. Still 20 years later, I'm still rosy to this. So I'm okay with this because, I mean, I never necessarily took up everything they wanted me to. I was a tomboy and loved to fish, always dirty. I'd go home with mud all over me, be in the woods for hours and bring home critters dead or alive. And they were my friends and, you know, they just, you know, as much as they worried about me, they accepted me. So I was rosy to it all because I still got the same love that I would have gotten if I was sitting still in church, which I still did. But I went out and did my own thing and they still loved and accepted me and thought I was, it was beautiful. No, they thought I was beautiful. So in the last one, I'm in the magic. This is like 20 years later. I was told come to me. You blushing those heads. So I mean, you know, the, the love that you're given, it stays with you. Um, and I can still feel the love today. So it's, uh, yeah, I should dedicate that to my great-great-grandmother. Um, my great-great-grandmother, Rose, um, the one thing I really remember about her a lot, and I'm really grateful to her to today. I feel like I had a bit of a angelic connection with her the other night, but I really wanted to thank her somehow for the fact that 
though I was different, like I, I played windmill with my sister on the manure fields in Canada when we went to visit and I wasn't supposed to be and I would keep running and dragging my feet so my sister would say the heck with it and pick them up and you know my, my grandmother would be telling me don't do that both of them Rose and then her daughter Ida and and then I, I would just look, keep doing it and I would look around and smile at her and she'd have to laugh and smile and, you know my hands are going through all these dirty fields and my sister's picking up partaking now because I'm the you know and I can't think of the right word, not interrogator. I don't know, the bad little girl. And my sister was like three and a half years old. I mean, she used to be like, oh my God, I still want to do what she's doing, you know, but, and I just had the nerve to do it anyway. But, you know, she, she still accepted me and she thought it was funny because she could see the funny, the, she liked my, my spirit and my, um, my strength. You know, she liked the fact that I was doing my own thing. And, 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 you know, the French are funny anyway. Everything's funny. If they're not pulling pranks on you or laughing, they're doing something, you know, that appreciating humor. So so that's where that song came from. And I am telling you, I was so dry as far as being able to write anything this week. And I thought, okay, you know, if I'm going to sit there and tell other people they can do it, then I really need to, you know, do what I'm preaching out here. So... You can do it. You can come up with a song. And I realize I've got all these tips and oh no, it's tips. I've got all these tricks coming through me because I've been doing it for so long. And you know, I wrote so many books. And even though they, they, they probably weren't up to caliber. I mean, I could still see I had, you know, uh, the writing ability in there. But when I first started out, like when my son was six, and gosh, this was—he's like what, going to be 27 now. This was so many years ago. I. Um, I was really just putting down a bunch of things that, um, I mean, I just read a line here and there, and um, actually I was pretty good at doing that. I mean, I don't know how where you are in your, your life with your mind, how injured you might be, um, uh, how weak you might be, uh, sad or happy, or it's hard to write when you're all happy too because you're so in the moment. But I. Um, I was able to get down some pretty, pretty good lines, but you know, there were times where I suppose I could have worded it to death, but, um, I don't really think I did at that time, but I mean, we're talking my first book. I, I must've wrote lines over and over and over again. And, um, you know, half the time they probably didn't even make any sense. And then trying to put them together probably would have been even worse, but I did anyway. So, I mean, this is something I've been doing for a long time. And as much as I wanted to write when I was younger, I would sit at the desk. I mean, like a little girl, probably eight, nine, ten years old. And I knew I had the ability in me. And all I could think of was like house. Um, now, if we had the source and all these digital things that you have out here today, you know, parents with your children, oh, I would, I probably, I would have just ran with it. I would have put house in there and said, oh, that's where um, maybe thinking of a little bit or, oh my gosh that's what I have inside of me that needs to go there but I could not even begin and I, I was so filled and my dad would go out he'd build us a desk bring home paper from Murray Printing where he worked which is so funny because I mean he made books for like Cheryl Teagues and you know these famous people that had great great um, contracts out there and my father's making books and I'm sitting here at a desk that he made for me and he's bringing home the leftover paper that he's allowed to, that they were going to throw it anyway. And we've got our little, um, I'm sure it was a homemade pencil holder, but pencils and paper and rulers and everything I need, even a little desk lamp. And I would just sit there and stare, you know? And all I could think of was the word house. 
And I thought, am I going to write about a house? I mean, and I knew, like, I even look at my film and say, I know I have it and I have it there, but I can't, I can't get past it. So, you know, oh, well, she can't do it. You know? Now that definitely is the French way. And that was the strongest, strongest culture we had in our home because they were the strongest people around us. And um, it was like, okay, but it's okay. We love you. We love you. So, but, you know, just. I, I knew that I wasn't relating to them, you know? I mean, of all the things that I can do today, I know of, if me and my dad could just have related, he died in his 50s, before that point, he would have done the world for me and publishing my work, but I just, and of course I was hurt after I came to that realization, but I just, you know, couldn't get past that point, and I knew that they couldn't see that I could get there. So, you know, instead I ran around in the, in, in the woods and played and, and got all my ideas, so I, I never give up, but I just want 100% full force to another realm of me, which I don't know, maybe it's the strongest realm. Just um, being out there and um, just checking out the world and connecting with it and, you know, being friends with the centipedes and the salamanders. They were my favorite. So, you know, I mean, don't, it doesn't mean your kid doesn't have ability to do um, writing. It's just they, they need that outlet. And, um, you know, if you have time to sit down with them, you could pick up other words that have to do with home. I mean, tent. I look at all the different homes up there today. Now, this is a good time to create around house, rather house, house, home. What is, what is a home to some people, you know? Is a home um, a place of feeling uh like love and support is it a feeling a place of feeling comfortable maybe maybe there's certain pieces of furniture in a home that um signifies to people because maybe they're into art so you know don't knock that there don't don't ever knock the word they go to and you know we shouldn't knock where people are in their mind because we think oh that that's a selfish word not necessarily it's it's where their brain is taking them to to where they relate to the strongest so um, yeah, so it's okay. Start out with those simple words and, you know, help them get past to a different word. And don't ever judge them if they go to a different place and it sounds like it's um, greedy or doesn't line up right. Or, I mean, that they're, they're taking the steps they need to take to get to where they need to go. So I hope that you enjoyed this week's song and the little bit that I had to say. And I'm really full force into 2023. As you can hear, I really think that... Um, there's so many things that I can offer to the world and there's so many things that I can get done this year that I want to get done. Like I said, my Rocky P, I think I'm showing other women you can come out later in life and do anything you want to do. I'm showing other people you can do anything you want to do no matter where you are in your life, uh, physically, mentally. Um, uh, I guess that would be for everybody. And I, um, you know, I, I'm really working on the next Black Friday charity event with Valerie Reese, Valerie Paquin Reese, um, where we help feed the children uh, by doing some kind of uh, performing on our our YouTube channel, my, my Women's Station channel, if you want to hop over there. I really appreciate it because I'm not good at it at all. So I finally have a microphone coming in shortly and it's nothing expensive, but it's I've learned it takes out the grovel so um, as silly as that sounds that I didn't know that. So I'm working on that this year, and I'm going to make sure I have a full hour of non-grovel 
and where people can come listen to me live stream and then I put the link up and they can go donate money to this organization. We raised a nice amount of money to share me and other people that did this with me that day. And uh, like I said, gonna have my EPL this year by someone more professional, professional distributor where you can find where I am right after that. I can see how many plays I'm actually getting, uh, which hasn't been the case because I hadn't felt worthy of the stuff I've been putting out to pay the money, even though it's probably only, actually the prices have gone up quite a bit uh, to distribute money. I think it's $20, $25 even just to do an EP now, but I've used like TuneCore, Ditto. I think Ditto is the one I really like, but so I'll, I'll be doing that this year. I might even do a press release where I did really well with a press release. Um, 2017, I was all over the um, internet on the major news stations um, with one of them I did expressing my, my brain injury and the abuse that I suffered. Um, So I want to thank you for coming here today and listening, and I hope you have a, a wonderful weekend. And until next week, Lori Jean Finella, singer-songwriter. Keep hitting.